0: All right, folks, uh, we are back with another interview only episode of the MLF Bass Fishing Podcast. Uh, I'm your host on this one, Kyle Wood, and we got a pretty good guest this week. We got a man who has made uh, a lot of headlines in the last couple years uh, in MLF competition down in texas more specifically on rayburn dude's been catching a lot of big fish weighing a lot of big bags so uh we got to dive in get into some of that a little bit talk about kind of what he likes to do what he doesn't like to do his thoughts on how to catch bigger fish and uh we have a pretty good time so i'm gonna stop rambling uh i'm gonna leave it to y'all obviously we'll be back at some point with a full episode but we got a pile of tournaments happening right now so uh, you know You'll hear Joni and I back together at some point. Until then, enjoy, Mr. Mundy. All right, all right. Well, uh, the man I've been trying to talk to for a while now, uh, at least on the podcast, uh, is Mr. Derek Mundy. Uh, for I guess folks that don't know Derek, uh, you're basically the king of Rayburn. Uh, is that a good way? To, <laughs> is that a good way to put it?
1: Man, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of good fishermen around here.
0: <laughs> no, there there really is, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess folks would probably, um, especially our crowd, uh, probably recognizes you from that run you went on last year, man. Um, you know, caught whatever the heck, 40 pounds in a BFL. Then you went out and won the Toyota Series. Caught a dang, like, 13-pounder in that Toyota Series uh, on day two, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, sir and uh yeah like you uh had another run at this year's toyota series so uh jody and i were kind of like you know we should probably talk to you and uh, just kind of pick your brain a little and uh, you know get to know you a little better if that uh if that sounds all right yes sir sounds good well i, I guess the first question i have is um where do you live uh in texas how close are you to the lake
1: uh, I live in Broadest, Texas. Uh, I actually live close enough that I can hear boats run down the lake.
0: <laughs> now we're I've talking. I've got a little <laughs> boat
1: ramp. Probably uh, it takes me about five minutes to get to this little small boat ramp uh, here in Whippoorwill or whatever.
0: Okay, all right. And have you? So oh, it's pretty convenient. Ha- have you grown up uh, in that area?
1: I actually. Uh, W- grew up for up until, uh, like, eighth grade on the other side of the 147 Bridge in Zavala, Texas. And uh, I grew up really close to the lake there. I had a, a little, uh, little little small flat bottom with a little two-horse Suzuki on it, you know. Sure. Yeah, I, I, might, I made my rounds in it for a little while. but uh, And then in high school, I actually lived in Louisiana for a little bit, kind of close to the that Red River area and around Black Lake. Okay. A uh, little cypress tree lake up there.
0: So you basically uh that like East Texas uh has kind of been your home for you know the whole entirety of your uh career so far. Oh, yes sir. And I it might it might be a stupid question, but I usually ask this. Um I feel like in that area, you're I don't want to say forced to get into bass fishing, but I just feel like it probably is just something you do, right? Like something you grew up um, or at least going fishing, um, you know, you talked about the john boat, but you've probably been on the water since you were, you know, two weeks old, I would guess.
1: <laughs> I don't know how early I got on the water, but I do know that uh, uh, I was with my grandpa, I was probably two or three years old when he actually caught his biggest bass he's ever caught uh, on, Rayburn, uh, on, a, on a bomber long A I I remember we got those for for birthday and christmas presents for <laughs> several years he made sure we didn't run out
0: of them <laughs> how big was it
1: uh it was a 939 dang i've actually got it on my wall here at the
0: house oh cool so you basically um again ever since then you've been uh you've been around big bass uh <laughs> your whole life it's just something uh something that's uh, kind of part of the family i would guess
1: Oh, yes, sir. Uh, that little lake I brought up earlier, that black lake, my dad actually had the lake record on it, and it. but it didn't last long. It's like once he caught that fish, it, they started bringing them in every year, you know, just a little bit bigger. But he actually had the lake record for a little bit on that black lake.
0: Really? That's pretty cool. And uh, I guess you're still working on getting the Rayburn lake record, uh, I would assume. <laughs>
1: that'd be all right i'd take it man that, that would that's a, that'd be a uh, a nice one to uh get a replica of.
0: <laughs> well uh you know keeping the the train uh thought alive of just kind of you know going through you know how you came to where you are now um tournament fishing in texas uh is it's on another level and i think for the folks that listen to this podcast that that aren't from there, you know. Like a lot of a lot of listeners are, you know, from the South, right? Alabama, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, right? Tons of tournaments there. But it to me, in my opinion, from paying attention to tournament fishing on a on a you know countrywide scale, Texas is like a whole nether deal. So I would imagine that tournaments is also something you probably just got into early on. Is it something you're like your dad was into?
1: A uh, little bit, and uh, my stepdad also, he fished some. Uh, I've been in and out of them. I used to fish that little uh, McDonald's tournament. Uh, it's actually Sealy Outdoors now, and uh, I've I made it or earned a few plaques in the little anglers division, but I've been in and out of them, you know, for as long as I can afford to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, and it wasn't really until – uh, I mean from the toyota series ch- standpoint uh, I think last year was your first year fishing them correct
1: yes it was my first year i actually i've always uh just uh, over the years you know I just kind of saved my money I've made in tournaments and that just uh, put it back towards uh, improvements on my boat and different things and and that was my entry fee money also and and so last year i I'd made enough over the years, I figured I could uh, pay one of them a bigger entry fees and jump in there and try it out.
0: <laughs> and, uh, you know, it worked out pretty good, uh, I would say. Because, uh, man, in a span of, I guess it was like a month last year uh, between that BFL win and that Toyota Series win. Um, I mean, you made some coin uh, at, at some oh, yeah, MLF tournaments. Was, it was.
1: <laughs> Oh, yes, sir. It was a pretty nice little run. It, it
0: was fun. And I, I I guess one of the things I've kind of wanted to talk to you a little more about, and and we'll just dive into it here, I suppose, is, uh, you know, this time of year, this late winter kind of getting into pre-spawn, uh, no doubt you're dialed on how to catch fish there. Is it? Is this like your favorite time of year to fish, or is it just you've spent enough time in the water, you know how to catch these fish and how they set up on stuff
1: i i, I it's hard to, i would say if i had to i really like the summertime too but if i had to only pick a certain stretch of the year i'd say my favorite is actually probably september like starting about september all the way through you know march you know i i uh, my biggest weakness is probably whenever they uh, kind of commit to spawn and stuff, and sure. But I, I really like the uh, pre-spawn. It's and in it, Rayburn, it's always one of the deals I always love about it is it's it's a totally different lake every year. Like the way I was catching them uh, last year, I'm catching them totally different this year. You know, so it's it's pretty fun lake.
0: Yeah, it does. Um... You know, we we talked about that with that pro circuit we had there, um, how, you know, there are lakes we go to a lot. A lot of them really don't change much, right? Maybe the time of year will differ, and then that makes it a different tournament. But you're right. Like, Rayburn really is a different. I've covered a handful of Toyota Series there and, you know, several pro circuits or uh, FLW tours, whatever you want to call them. And I really don't think I've ever seen the same thing twice. And the time frame's always been about the same, too, which is kind of cool
1: yeah i've lived here now, and I, I mean it's like there's no year the same i've i've caught really big bags off of uh like for instance my first uh bigger tournament that i've won you know that was just uh you know that i found them on my own and and worked hard you know and uh was in like 2012 and we caught a uh right out a 30 pound bag on a, a rattle trap and And that particular spot, I hadn't yet to call it catch a fish over three pounds on it (laughs) since.
0: So it really, like, um, you got to keep doing your homework, right? You can't rest on your laurel or, you know, say, well, okay, I got this waypoint from five years ago. Sure, you could probably catch fish there. But, I mean, you still got to keep going out and uh, putting the work in on a pond like Rayburn. Uh, to stay dialed
1: See, and that's what i like so much about it because i i'm not scared to put in the work and uh and the guys that do good they are they are the guys that are, that are putting in the work you know
0: for sure for sure uh i i guess to to that point um let's talk a little bit about you you kind of mentioned it there but you know the differences between last year when you won on rayburn and this most recent toyota series we had uh the other week um you know, how much emphasis do you put on practicing? You know, do you try to practice just a couple days before, or are you just trying to get on the water as much as you can leading up to the event, just so that you can stay current with the conditions and what the weather's
1: doing? i definitely, if I've got an opportunity to be out there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be out there. But I, I will say, some of my best tournaments is like after I've been uh, or. Uh, off working uh, uh, off at work you know for a month up to six months at a time and when i come home you know the lake's totally different you know and uh and and, and i don't have no history or whatever that that's the that's probably the hardest thing on rayburn is to give up on a spot where you call you've caught a giant bag just sure. two weeks ago it's I mean, and in that Toyota that I won last year, like where I caught those fish, I'd never cared to fish to the scales, uh, ever. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's so hard to give up on that spot that was so good to you, you know, just, just a little bit ago, but you almost gotta, I mean, you just gotta just keep your mind open and, and, uh, <clears throat> and just put in the work. I mean, you just, That's probably, that's the hardest, that's what gets a lot of people, I think, on Rayburn, is uh, they're too dependent on what happened just two weeks ago or three weeks ago. You just, uh, I mean, that's the only thing that stays the same with Rayburn, it's always changing.
0: Well, and and not to keep bringing up uh, last year, but I am curious, because that BFL you won with 40 pounds, that was like the beginning of January, and that Toyota Series event was, I think, the last week of January. So, we'll call it like a month apart three weeks apart um uh, but how much like the fish that you caught in that bfl were you fishing the same fish in that toyota series or did they even change in that couple weeks span
1: uh, i actually started there because there was still some hanging out <clears throat> uh, and, and then i had some other uh areas up uh, past that that uh, i wanted to hit and i had a good boat number see when i caught them in the bfl i had some people that seen me and all that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, man, that might not be the best thing I've got right now, but ain't nobody going to go beat me on my own deal that they see me on. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, so I had to go up there. So the whole deal just turned out to be, it almost seemed meant to be because I had an early enough number to go up there and it didn't work out. Well, I had a, I was one of the last boats out on, um, you know, on Friday, the second day, and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to beat everybody there, so I was like, heck, I'm going to go try this new spot out, and it was, I hadn't even uh, caught a fish there, or I caught one fish there practicing it, and uh, <clears throat> and I just caught one fish, and as I was unhooking her, I jumped behind the steering wheel and started graphing the spot, and I seen there was a bunch more there, and I just waited until the toyota to fish it. Oh,
0: okay okay so you kind of i guess some of that would be from spending time on the water you were able to kind of keep tabs on where the fish were and but also you know new areas that uh fish could get on that you felt confident to fish in the event too absolutely i got you i got you man what's it what's it like catching a 13 pounder during competition?
1: man it's with a <clears throat> as quick as it all happens and as fast as you put it in the live well you really don't get to uh soak it up <laughs> you know uh because you're just trying to get back in there and get that next one and i really didn't realize that fish was that big It, uh i knew she was big but i didn't i mean i my, my focus was to get her in unhooked and get back in there because i mean there was a bunch of them there and, and that, that was my main focus. So I, I didn't get to really soak it up like I would have liked, you know.
0: <laughs> but did it? Uh, did you have a better chance? Because you weighed in early, um, day two of that Toyota Series last year. Uh, you had 39 pounds, 7 ounces, uh, and you had that big one. And I remember, like, I got off the water at probably 1230 or so, uh, maybe a little before that. And Mark McCoy, the tournament director, came over and was like, hey, uh, did you, did you see Mundy today? I was like, no, man, I, re- I was looking for him. Uh, Never caught up, and I never found him. Like, I kind of went to where I thought he would be, blah, 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 blah. He's like, anyway, he's coming in early. <laughs> he's got a bag. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on. And sure enough, here you come rolling in. Uh, I felt like I should have ordered you a pizza or something at that point because, I mean, right. a dang almost 40-pound bag. Now, I should say. You know, that first day of that event, uh, you only weighed like 12 pounds or something. I don't have it uh, pulled up in front of me, but it wasn't – yeah, yeah, had 12, 13. So 40 pounds day two, you know, you're feeling pretty good. But at the same time, you know, it was like you had to make up that ground, and you just, you know, you did it on day two.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Like, uh, there's just definitely days that those big ones won't bite because I was around on the first day and had to bail. <clears throat> Because I'd kind of learned from some multiple day events, I'm so bad about I'll just hang in there and because I like a one day tournament, you can't be afraid to zero, and uh, I'll just swing for the fences all day long. Well, I knew in this one when they wouldn't cooperate, I was like, you, you need to get something in the live well so you can survive the next, you know, survive the the next day, you know, and mm-hmm. so that's what I did and went and scrounged up that, which I thought I could catch. A better bag than that on my backup but it just didn't they just they was weird that day
0: yeah yeah it uh i mean it like you said though that that flip switched and uh I, i've heard that f- from a lot of guys too it, with regards to rayburn in particular like you know what you did in that tournament 12 pounds day one 40 pounds on day two i feel like that's kind of a bit of the extreme of the uh you know of an example but Like, that's how it'll go, right? Like, I mean, you said it, those big ones will bite. And uh, I I think even in that pro circuit we had, right, that Michael Neal one. uh, Absolutely. A lot of those uh, guys were seeing big fish on their electronics, whether it was forward-facing sonar or, you know, they are idling around some of those the lips of the drains. And they just didn't really bite the first day. And then by the final day, they were chewing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There, There are days, and you can't pick them uh you can make uh guesses with a, the weather and stuff and you can be right some of the times but you really it's hard to pick those days that those real big ones are going to bite and i i think i don't know if it's uh i know a lot of times they're eating big gizzards and bigger stuff i don't know how fast that fish can digest that meal and cooler water i don't know if that's the deal oh uh, or I, I really don't know why that is because I can catch them. I mean, it seemed like in the warmer months, he can be a little more consistent. So I just, I'm kind of curious on that. I, I'm not real sure why that is. But in, in the wintertime, it's hard to catch a big bag and back it up again.
0: Well, uh, you know, if we fast forward to this most recent uh, Toyota series on Rayburn, uh, you know, day one, you had 26 pounds. Day two, you had 19, but on day two, there were a ton of guys like Dakota caught, I think, 30 or 29, something like that. I mean, there were several guys that busted big bags on day two, um, and there were also several guys like you uh, that caught big bags on day one, so, like, there was a string there where those, like, big ones were biting. Day three, they definitely did not bite. <laughs> uh, well,
1: I think it was more about couldn't fish them, but I actually uh, oh. should have had a, a bigger bag on the... uh second day i lost two big fish one one cut my line on a stump and one of them just pulled looser i think i'd have had a bigger well i know i would i'd have had a bigger bag than my first day weight
0: dang man
1: i actually lost a uh, a big one that first day also that um, uh, they just pulled free like i was just getting a reaction bite and and they would just hit that lipless you know and this like I, you had to change. i changed my hooks out Put the best hooks i felt like I could put on it you know that's the only way I was even catching the fish I was catching sure because I, I was making them bite it <clears throat> but yeah I actually uh, like I should have been like I weighed in 26 the first day and had two 14 uh inchers and I, I lost one about six seven pounds the first day dang and then the second day I lost two. One of them got me around that stump and I wasn't too worried about it uh, because I, I was fishing with 17 pound line. I was just gonna troll around the stump and uh, and then all of a sudden uh, when she peeled out, I, I, I don't know if it burnt my line or what, but it cut it. And uh, and that fish, got it got off.
0: What was, uh, you know, like I said, those those first two days of that event, was it the weather that really helped you know, progress that bite along because it, for the most part, we didn't see a lot of fireworks for, during that pro circuit event, but at that Toyota series, man, I feel like dudes were dropping 20 pound bags. Like it was going out of style.
1: Yeah. That was the most positive weather we've had, uh, since uh, like this year, like that was the most positive, uh, just, <clears throat> just nice weather, stable weather that we've had all year. that, Uh, i actually figured that it would have been a little better like as far as numbers of fish caught i I figured between me and my co-angler we'd have 30 fish days but it it just wasn't that good but i was still able to get quality bites you
0: know oh okay okay i mean and would you day three was it windy on day three was that the deal
1: very very windy i'm not gonna lie on that way back that was probably the roughest water i've ever been in on Rayburn.
0: Oof, that's saying something
1: it was pretty bad like it <clears throat> i figured uh the weights would be a little lower that uh that last day just because it's i i was fishing some pretty protective water and it it was still just hard to make those precise casts and stuff just because the wind it was so gusty you know
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah it uh i mean i definitely thought um no offense to Webb, who won, uh but Jody and I were kind of talking like, "Well, I mean, monday like, he's got this right." <laughs> that was kind of like our early assumption <laughs> is like, "Well, you know, tougher conditions on the final day. Like, it's uh, it's gonna. Ha- Did you lose any on the final day?
1: No, I fished real clean. It just uh, my water shrunk just because of the uh, when because I was fishing really, really shallow and and you can only put so much waves on that for to blow it out sure. but it uh i actually fished clean i th- i don't think i lost the fish and i i had a feeling that he would i, f- I figured he would have done better than that uh but i figured he was gonna have a tough time just because i mean i know how rayburn is when it gets like that uh you can be like oh i can go over here and be protected but there is no such thing as protecting water <laughs> when that wind's blowing that hard
0: yeah yeah and if he uh,
1: didn't have a plan b because i felt like what i was doing was the best uh uh way to fish in those conditions you know so i i felt like i had i I felt like i had a real good shot of of making a comeback for sure
0: yeah i i definitely i don't want to say i was rooting for you because i mean there were a lot of really good guys but i was kind of feeling like well you know the amount of locals that were behind uh glenn going in the final day was kind of like yeah i don't know man this something's gonna happen but you know he pulled it through that was all cool i do want to know your opinion uh you know this year in the toyota series we're fishing 25 on the final day what's your thoughts on that versus um you know like in the past where we did 10
1: man to be honest with you i haven't really put much salt in it um I I really don't know. I I, I can't say I've even thought about it at all because I I try to – I mean, I'm – you know, it's not always possible, but I'm always trying to think of getting up there in that top three, you know. So I'm not really worried about uh, that too much, you know what I mean? Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I think – I feel like for the most part guys are into it. Obviously, you know, you could uh, make some fireworks happen if you're in like – you know, 20th and crack a big bag. And a lot of these tournaments where we get into real tight weights, uh, you'll probably oh, like see Nick
1: a – like coming up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, you can like, go in 25th and win it.
0: Yeah, there'll be some tournaments where we'll probably see some, some crazy stuff happen. I think for the most part, it probably won't help the cause. It, I think actually one thing to look at will probably be like Angler of the Year, right? I think that's where you'll see a bigger impact potentially because – now you can make it in twenty fifth, and climb up to eleventh, you know, and salvage. Absolutely,
1: because you see it uh, all the time. You, uh, <clears throat> like there's people. I mean, it, they blow through everything they got just to make it to the top ten. Mm-hmm. And you might have a guy in twenty, in twentieth, that just figured the deal out and was, right. and, but made it to twentieth while he was figuring it out, and that's going could make a top ten.
0: Yep. Yep. For sure.
1: It definitely would shake up the angler of the year. I mean, it, uh, <clears throat> it, because once you're in the top 10, you're pretty much locked up and safe. You know, nobody can come from behind and get you.
0: Right, right. Yeah. It, it, it kind of adds a little, uh, a new dynamic. And I think you're, uh, I think you're right. Like, Texoma will probably be an event, uh, where, you know, we may see, uh, that bigger field on the final day have maybe more of a, I don't want to say big impact, but, you know, maybe some of that dramatic stuff. Dude in the 18th wins it or something like that.
1: Right. Usually on Rayburn, the way it always falls, there's usually only two people fishing for the win. It was yep. pretty neat the way this one shook out. Because uh, Dakota put itself right right there at it. I mean, we, the first, second, and third, what, what was it? A uh, Not even, like, what, two and a half pounds separating first, second, and third?
0: Yeah, for sure under three pounds. That,
1: uh, that's not really that common on Rayburn. Usually... I mean, for, you could see, like, uh, the way Combs won it, too, last year. I mean, usually uh, – because Rayburn ain't the easiest place to figure out. Once you figure out the what those big ones want to be on, man, the sky's the limit.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it was kind of it, – it was interesting um, in, in the last couple of years, and maybe this is a good transition to get into – I just want to pick your brain on electronics a little bit because – Fishing day five with Michael Neal, you know, on that final day he was catching fish um, on Active Target, and uh, Michael runs Active Target. He also has three sixty, and I feel like in Texas in general, I feel like everyone's got three sixty, uh, right? And, and I get it. The the type of stuff, you know, there's a lot of hard spots. There's you know isolated stumps, um, structure you're fishing right where it helps. You could be spot locked and win and keep tabs on that hard spot or know where that stump is you're trying to throw at. But, like, it, is, is forward-facing sonar something you've uh, – ha- do you have it on your boat now, or have you played around with it?
1: Uh, I do, and I've caught a, a few big ones with it. Or uh, I've got one, a nine-pounder I caught off of it last year. But, to be honest with you, I, I usually don't even turn it on in a tournament.
0: Really? You don't want to get sucked uh, in to, that road of, like, staring at him and not being able to catch him, kind of thing?
1: Kind of. See, I can see from their uh, – see, a guy like that with a two-day practice, he's not going to have somewhere else to go.
0: Oh, sure.
1: You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So he needs every tool to his advantage uh, to make the most out of this tournament because, I mean, I've got uh, – a good amount of hours you know on Rayburn I've I've always got that next place to go so for me that uh, it's not as big of a player I would rather uh, just take my chances on the next spot and they'd be ready
0: I got you I got
1: instead of trying to milk a spot for what it's worth
0: which is kind of what glenn wedd did to win that toyota series right he was live scoping fish with an a-rig and he had really kind of one area that he was fishing um
1: absolutely that was a pretty neat deal like uh I, i i'm not sure that uh a tournament has been uh especially a big tournament i can't say there's ever been one that i know of that's been won like that he figured a deal out that was I mean, it was really special to to sit right there because he explained a lot of that stuff to me. And mm-hmm. uh, after he's over with, and man, he seems like a a really really good guy. I mean, a good guy won the tournament for sure.
0: Yep, yep.
1: But uh, it, that was a that was a pretty neat uh, tournament he had uh, for sure. Like that's and and he told me that he he was scoping them, you know. Uh, so that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it, I. I feel like we're getting down the road of, um, you know, everyone's kind of got their own, you know, niche or whatever they're comfortable with uh, in terms of using, um, you know, sonar on the front of your boat, right, whether it's forward-facing sonar, whether it's 360, whether it's both, and the time and place for it. But uh, I could see now, especially like Rayburn, without as much hydrilla, Having forward-facing sonar in some instances would probably be more beneficial than it would have, you know, when the lake was full of hydrilla. If that makes sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. Those those uh, bass, uh, especially kind of in the time frame of that event. If if I think if there would have been hydrilla on the lake, no way that that he would have called them out of them trees. I mean, them fish. I, I think they can smell that grass for miles away <laughs> and they're going to that grass ah. and uh, I, I don't know and, and that's kind of where 360 kind of comes in uh as you can see all the the all the irregularities in the grass but uh be honest with you like i i try to turn all my grass off as much as i can sometimes that's not i can't do that but i for sure turn it off and uh, in the back and um, i already know how deep it is so i don't use the 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 uh down imaging or 2d you know in the front i try to eliminate as much noise as i can because the, the very biggest fish i've ever caught on rayburn is before i i mean they even knew i was around
0: oh i got you yeah i mean we see, see, I don't. we see that a lot with it guys cool. on the tennessee river too right all those guys say right. the same thing like kill your grafts limit the amount of noise you have going down there because yeah i mean those fish feel it they sense it and uh, if they know you're there they're probably way less willing to, to bite
1: oh there's a reason that uh you know where those guys really killing with live scope uh it's not on lakes like like a gunnersville or or Lake sam raven the chickamauga you know where i mean this is these have been huge tournament venues for so long. These fish, they know every, they know that stuff.
0: hmm
1: Like, I don't even, uh, I, I don't have any confidence in idling a fish and then turning around out of the back of the boat and catching them. I don't, I, like, I, I figure I need to come back the next day. Oh. Oh, it's, uh, it's pretty like, see, I, uh, when, you know, the way I was catching, which it was shallow enough and all that, but, uh, I turned all my uh, grass and stuff off, and I was catching those fish at the end of my cast.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's saying something.
1: Like, you know. at, uh, I've seen them before uh, pull up there, and, uh, I mean, I can prove it to anybody. Like, I can go out there and know where a 30-pound uh, school of fish is, and I can go up there and spot lock down about 80 feet from them, and within ten minutes, they'll all be gone if they're big ones.
0: Wow, that's crazy. And they won't even they won't even eat like i uh, I'm trying to think of the the lamest finesse rig, a Nico rig. <laughs> or oh, they won't even stay at all. That's they, that's they crazy. leave.
1: They leave and won't be back all day long.
0: So I guess like with that. Uh, it, just to validate your point, even like when we filmed day five with Michael Neal, uh, we went back to a lot of those drains he caught fish in and we saw fish on active target. But a lot of them, like the second you hit them with active target, they were gone. They were swimming away from the boat. Uh, Oh, and and it's going to get worse. Oh, I can only imagine. Uh, But I guess that probably plays into your, your mindset of uh, I'll just run to the next spot and see if they're ready. Right? Like if you pull up, and fish a little bit, um, they're either there and going to bite, or they left, or they're just, it's not the time, right? But they do or they don't, and you could just run enough spots and hopefully come across some fish that are set up and willing to participate.
1: Oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how many fish over the years, that uh, how many fish over nine pounds I've caught on my first cast.
0: Dang. Is that...
1: And that's before I got anything in the... uh uh you know coming into my screen this is like i got a heading sensor on it i'm pointed at the waypoint and i bomb a cast as far as i can you know
0: <laughs> is that um the 13 pounder you caught on day two of that toyota last year was that the first fish you caught that day or was it the second one
1: no that was the first fish i think it was on the second cast i was made one cast just kind of as i was getting up there to it and and then I bomb that one out and as soon as that crankbait hits bottom, I mean it she, she smokes it. Golly, man.
0: That's uh, that's pretty crazy. Interesting take on uh, on electronics and, and how they affect fish because you're right, the Tennessee River has been kind of the the proving grounds for what what it can do to fish, what electronics can do and how they can sense you know, how they know you're there and uh, how finicky they can get. And I think with Live Scope or Active Target or Mega Live, now, like that ripple effect is gonna, we're start seeing it on more lakes. Uh,
1: oh, I'm ready for it too. I mean, i because I, um it, it's just it, it's crazy to me. I see people that it's so much of a crutch too. They gotta they gotta have the have it on if they don't see them, they can't catch them, you know. And and uh, I I can't wait for it because it uh because I, I try to be real stealthy in the way I fish and everything too and. I, I try to even get, like, if I'm easing up to a weight point, I even try to make as many cast, even if the wind's blowing kind of hard, I try to make as many casts as I can before I even hit spotlight. Oh. I'm trying to keep, and, and I try to, like, I'll kick it up on high, and, you know, just from fishing a lot and all that, I can, at different winds, I can kind of tell, I mean, I can kind of judge how far my boat will coast forward and all, and I try to build up speed. And I get off of it, uh, and I, I coast. And I try to do as much fishing as I can before I hit to hit spot So
0: you're, you're all in on the uh, limit that noise or that uh, presence you're putting out just from being in the boat before you start making a cast. I dig that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Even shallow. Like, I watch people flipping, and they always just want to burp that trolling motor to go around. I would rather put it on a constant. And turn it down real low, <clears throat> and uh, and leave it on, just real real low but steady, mm-hmm. and go through their flipping or even fishing grass. I'll put the wind in my face sometimes if it's not too hard, and I'll put it on that constant, and uh, and it just fish, you know, as a trolling motor carries me, just so I'm not making, and I'm real like it's a a big pet peeve. I don't like my my box lives to be shut hard you know because like I, uh it's it's funny I, I went to high school in louisiana and you can uh you can get in some of them cypress tree groves and be sitting in there fishing and you know we was in a flat bottom and you'd be easing through there and everything just still not a ripple on the water and you can accidentally bump the side of that boat and it's like fish run from every direction <laughs>
0: yeah it uh it is pretty it
1: makes a huge difference
0: oh no doubt no doubt i like uh i think that's a that's a good tip too for anyone that was listening that's you know fishes pressured water uh you know maybe kind of rethink the way you're going about uh doing things because i know uh especially in events with co-anglers a lot of times i've seen co-anglers you know stomp down sit in the sit in the passenger seat drag their tackle box around and open compartment oh, slam absolutely. stuff around
1: <laughs> oh i tell you one of my biggest pet peeves is like trap fishing uh if somebody to get grass on their bait and slap the water with it
0: oh yeah
1: oh it freaks me out like it uh like i've had to like you know tell them hey, hey buddy please don't do that no more you know because <laughs> i mean that's and that's one of the biggest reasons I feel like a lot of people that spent their whole life fishing and haven't caught a fish over ten pounds because they they that fish knew they was there and either locked up or got deeper in the cover whatever it was or just simply just haul butt.
0: You know, it, it's really uh, it's interesting because the same it'd be like the same principle uh, you know for people that listen that are like big deer hunters right. If you never killed a big deer, yeah, you probably never maybe you haven't been hunting properties or you know a state that has big deer or potential for big deer but also if you're not taking those extra precautions in scent control and all that you're probably not going to kill that big deer which the, oh, that's exactly like what it sounds like you're saying for yeah, catching think, a big bass
1: uh, i think for the most part they go hand in hand and if you think about like a trolling motor going steady it's just like going down the uh you're driving down the road and you see a deer on the side of the road if you stop it there's plenty of rednecks that probably done stopped and fired one at them. You <laughs> yeah, know, uh, them suckers are gone.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, but if you if you never stop and just keep your vehicle rolling, they'll stand there all day long. Dang. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you ever stop or change the rhythm in that motor, or whatever, they're gone.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it, it's, uh, that's a perfect point, man. And I, I'm I'm glad you brought it up. It's cool to. Uh, there's not often we get someone on here talking about uh (laughs) the op everyone wants to you know go cover water do this do that and that's fine but the little the little things that make the differences and especially coming from a guy like yourself who's had plenty of experience catching big fish uh i think that's something a lot of people can uh, take to heart
1: oh absolutely that's that definitely i feel like works for me
0: speaking of big fish what is the biggest fish you've ever caught
1: it was at 13 uh, 10
0: Okay. How many over 10 have you caught?
1: I haven't added them up. Uh, I think um, I'm in the neighborhood of, of around 11 or 12, I think. Dang.
0: I was going to say, uh, when <laughs> when a dude in Texas says I haven't added them up, I was either expecting, uh, you know, like four or five or like fifty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, But one thing, you know, like tournament fishing is really the only time I fish. So it's like, uh, I'm not a guy that goes out there and tries to catch them, you know, all throughout the week for to be able to, or, you know, the number could be greater. But sure. Like just about most of those has been caught or in tournaments, you know.
0: Which is insane. <laughs> That's absolutely insane. But, uh, we we didn't cover this earlier, but I guess I should mention. You know, you talk about uh, fishing tournaments and being gone uh, for for work. Uh, is it? Do you work in the oil industry?
1: Uh, yes, sir. I work. Uh, it's mostly uh, natural, gas, uh, natural gas pipelines. Uh, a lot of the uh, bigger uh, pipelines that go through. I uh, work on some of those.
0: Which is why you'll be gone for stretches of time, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, right?
1: Oh yes, sir. There's been some years I haven't even got to fish on Rayburn. Wow. Uh, you know, just from being gone uh, out of state uh, all year long. You know.
0: Well, uh, you know, is is fishing professionally, or, or you know, is that something you're trying to work to? It kind of sounds like you've just been, you know, playing your cards when you can, but also, you know, you got a family to take care of. You know, you got, uh, you know, your job is kind of i don't want to say priority but i mean that's you know how you make money do you would you like to fish professionally or are you kind of happy with how your your blend of it is now like fishing some triple a stuff fishing at home and working
1: if if the cards was laid out right you know uh i would definitely uh try it you know if i could do it without putting myself in a in a bind you know where i couldn't provide for my family or whatever you know i think it'd be pretty neat to fish at a professional level but i mean if it never worked out you know I'm, I'm content with what i'm doing uh now you know
0: sure sure i feel and i i feel like again texas the the tournament culture in texas like hey you can make a lot of money fishing just tournaments in texas but b uh that's kind of the vibe i've always gotten from a lot of the really good um i'll say like regional hammers uh kind of in that you know like we used to, the southwest division uh when of the toyota series uh, has always kind of been that way like we see a lot of guys that show up at you know toledo or rayburn and they're locals and like zero aspiration to ever fish anything else uh, which is fine because you guys have two billion tournaments down there and uh, right
1: and there's a lot of money in them and yeah and like sure. this new uh brandon belt tournament like we uh just had a little while back this is supposed to be something that's gonna grow and get bigger i mean it's uh they're talking about uh doing maybe a a whole series on rayburn and and it's i mean it's some big money you know it's on every event you know so it's a there's just there's there's money to be made right here and you you can take away the traveling expenses and oh yeah yeah and all that extra stuff you know and you could uh you know, you could you could make as much tournament earnings as a tour and pro pretty easy on Raven. I you're, say easy. I mean you gotta it's not <laughs> go you're not fishing against some easy any easier competitors, I promise you. There's plenty of guys that uh they just they waiting on their weekend to take your money for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, uh what? we uh during that pro circuit event, uh we had that um canceled day and we had the chance we gotta go over to Dickie Newberry's place. And uh, his house there by the lake, and and he kind of walked us through the history, of, like how him and his team partner made enough money to actually buy that lot and build the house on it. <laughs> and We were Dang, like,
1: that's awesome!
0: Holy crap, man! <laughs> like that's that's a whole nother. But that was just strictly Rayburn, right? Like that was all local tournaments on Rayburn uh, to kind of give, I guess, people listening a little perspective on on the money because that Brandon Belt tournament was uh, that was a hundred thousand to the winner. Or to the winning team, right?
1: To so the winning team, and big bass got a loaded bass cat era, Dang. and uh, they also had day money like uh, they paid out too. I mean, in in Calcutta money, I mean it was a uh, so it was it was a little bit more than just a hundred thousand dollar tournaments, you know. Holy cow!
0: Yeah, that's that's some serious stuff. There there aren't a lot of fisheries uh, in the U.S. that are. Uh, Having tournaments of that magnitude on it uh or with that kind of payout
1: he's he talking he's talking about growing it outside our region if it if it takes well and um and actually uh meeting in the middle for a championship tournament for like a quarter
0: of a million dollars dang hey that'd be cool yeah let's let's go sign me up that's
1: right it, it's a pretty cool deal like it's it's so neat to uh you know, the tournaments that stem from this area. It's just like at Sealy uh tournaments, you know, like now he has those tournaments on Gunnersville and other places, but it started right here on Rayburn.
0: Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, it's uh it's a whole other level of uh tournament culture down there in Texas, which uh I fully support. I'm all about that. Um I do want to uh Derek before I'm gonna let you get rolling here at some point as much as as much fun as it is to talk to you and this this next topic may take us down the road but one of the final things i kind of want to ask you about is for this time of year like the pre-spawn uh you know if folks are fishing a lake you know that that would be kind of rayburn or toledo-esque you know it's got some grass fish kind of they got offshore stuff they can get on they want to get up shallow if you had like three baits to go fishing with um uh, this time of year what would it be
1: uh, three baits uh, would be a, a big crankbait, bait, uh, a Carolina rig, and a uh, and a lipless. Because I can I can throw the Carolina rig deep or shallow, you know, and the big crankbait bait to cover me deep, and the lipless to cover me, you know, from eight foot and down.
0: Sure, that's I feel like that's maybe the most Texas answer you could give, but the the fact of the matter is it, I mean it it works, dude. Like uh, I, there's a lot of people I don't think pay as much attention now. A lipless, sure, right? Like right now we have a Toyota Series event going on, Gunnersville, and I'm sure there are rattle traps of plenty being thrown. You know what I mean? But uh,
1: absolutely.
0: The other, I think the other two, I don't want to say get forgotten about the Carolina rig especially because Dakota has utilized the Carolina rig, um, whether it's on the pro circuit or just other Toyota Series events probably more than anyone else I've ever seen across the country and makes it work. But a lot of people just say, I mean, it's a Carolina rig, man. It's like something my grandpa threw. Like, I'm not going to throw it. But Right. Uh, I mean, big ones. Chris Wilson won that Toyota Series event on Rayburn a couple years ago throwing a Carolina rig. Uh, oh,
1: there's more money won on a Carolina rig on Rayburn probably than, I mean, there is a lot that gets won on a crankbait uh lipless big worm and stuff but i would be willing to bet jeff you just added up all the paychecks given out on each event all year long that carolina rig will uh it'd be the leader probably by far
0: what uh what would you put on your carolina rig
1: i use the um the clone ringo worm and i like the clone uh beach basin worm uh, that beach basin worm is a Cinco-style bait, but it's a ham poured so it okay. don't have all that salt in it.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So it's uh, that's probably the – that's really the only two I use, uh, but it – I mean, that's, that's really about it.
0: I dig it. And when you say a big – when you're talking a big crankbait, are you saying like a 6XD or bigger? Uh,
1: like an 8 or a 10? you talking about this – you're talking about this time of year?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I like the either the like the Boss 22 or 24 for the most part. Like if I was on Toledo Bend, I would probably throw the 25 a little bit more because they relate a little bit deeper. Sure. But I like something bigger. Like to me, uh, uh, say like a six XD and a in a Boss 20 is about the same size. That's kind of a too small of a bait for me okay Uh, Okay. this time of year i i think you bigger the better like if if that uh, 24 size which that's a 10xd size body if they may want it run a little shallower i'd throw that one too (laughs) in in (laughs) the shallow water
0: And, and i mean again you mentioned you know like those fish around there eating big gizzards well in a lot of lakes uh across the south a lot of them big fish are eating big gizzards and uh big mama's getting ready to spawn she needs some nutrients so uh no better way than eating a big meal, if you're a you know, oh, six, eight, ten pounder.
1: Yeah, and you'll be amazed. You'll catch a lot. You'll catch small fish on it too. But for the most part, it's kind of weird, like offshore. Like you, if you roll up to a spot and you catch a five pounder, that's that's uh, like I see people all the time get excited. They rolled up there, I oh, caught a five pounder on a spot. That's not. That's probably a twenty-five pound bag spot at best. Like, uh, I, I don't even, I don't even, because they group up together. Like, if you roll up there and you catch a, because usually you catch, offshore you catch your biggest fish first. So, if I catch a 5-pounder first, uh, I probably don't know, I probably ain't going to catch nothing more than 20 pounds. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. But if I roll up there and I catch a 10-pounder first, the sky's the limit.
0: I got you. I got you. And, again, that's. Uh, they group
1: in in class.
0: Uh, the class thing is interesting, but, you know, uh. Jason Lambert, Mark Rose, like a lot of those guys do the same thing on the Tennessee River where uh, you pull up, you know, if you catch a three-pounder on your first cast in a school of 50, well, you probably just as well leave because you might be able to catch a six uh, just because of the volume of fish that are there, and that's like kind of the only stuff to get on. But, yeah, you keep running somewhere else because, you know, if you pull up and catch you a seven or eight on the next spot, then, okay, now we're in business. Yeah, see, so
1: Rayburn's probably a little bit different. Like, you're not going to, you don't, there's, for one, there's not going to be many there. Sometimes it might be only two there. Yep. You know, but they'll be of the same size. But you'll hardly, rarely, there's times that it happens, but you'll rarely see a an eight-pound bass or bigger hanging out with three-pounders.
0: Ah, oh, that's interesting.
1: I just don't, I mean, they don't. I don't know if I just don't want to put up with their crap or what, but they don't
0: hang out together. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. <laughs> I wouldn't want to either. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. But you think does throwing a bigger size plug, you know, you mentioned if you had like a that 24 size plug in a shallower runner, uh, you think throwing something like that also helps select for a bigger bite? Uh, you know, if they're – if they're around or is it just simply the fact that it needs the bait needs to get down that deep because that's where the fish are
1: mainly that 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 size is just just because that's what they're feeding on uh that size stuff like it i'm not doing that to keep me from catching this little one because they shouldn't be there you I got know you. i got you uh so it's really just about and i'm not real sure like with that water being cooler, I'm not real sure, but they they like that real big stuff. Um, I almost wondered if they just, they may not be able to see it as good. I've heard some people talk about that's why the A rig works in cooler water because they're in that cooler water, their eyesight might not be as, as good as if it was warmer, you know, because A rig is pretty much when it warms up, it's done.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: And that might be part of it too. I'm not I can't I can't say for sure, but I do know a bigger bait which I'm going to throw a bigger one in the in the summertime too a lot, but I will more times than not I'll throw like at Z-Boss 20 or a 6XD size bait.
0: I got you. What size line do you throw on your big crankbait? Uh
1: 17 or 20.
0: Okay. I dig that. I dig that. Well, I think uh... With that, Derek, that's really kind of, I mean, I have tons more stuff I'd want to rap with you about, but I think we're kind of, you know, I think we're at maybe a good stopping point. Uh, Is there any other, uh, you know, pieces of information or cool tips uh, you feel like the listeners need to know uh, about catching fish this time of year or, uh, you know, how to catch a 10-pounder?
1: Man, I'd just say be stealthy and just. I have the right equipment, you know, like I, I choose that heavier line, you know, because of, of the size of the fish and, and just choosing the right rod, you know, that's got a good parabolic bend to it, you know, that uh, just helps you if you do hook up.
0: I like it. Well, uh, I guess uh, this is normally where I ask people, uh, you know, if... If folks want to follow you along, you got any social media or anything uh, you want to let the folks know about, that they can uh, keep up with Mr. Derek Mundy?
1: Uh, I've just got uh, an Instagram and a Facebook, uh, both of them, Derek Mundy Fishing.
0: Plain and simple. I like it. (laughs) Makes it easy.
1: i got to be able to remember it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, Derek, I I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to to talk with me. Uh, It was a lot of fun. Uh, I know some people uh, learned stuff. I know I did. And, uh, man, it was a blast catching up with you. I hope uh, uh, we don't wait another year to uh, get back on the podcast and uh, shoot the breeze a little more.
1: Yes, sir. Sounds great to me.
0: Well, uh, Derek, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Good luck in your upcoming tournaments. And uh, I guess until next time, see you.
1: Yes, sir.